good evening and welcome to our program this evening. This is week two of our COVID-19 uh, programming and we're glad that you have tuned in to spend a few moments with us this evening. Today we've been focusing on heaven and the hope that it provides for Christian people. You know, the assurance and certainty of heaven changes everything in the way we live our lives, the way we think, the way we reason, and, uh, and how we handle the trials and stresses of life. And so today we are focusing on the role that heaven plays in our lives. This morning we emphasized what heaven does not have. We learned that from God's Word this morning that heaven doesn't have pain, doesn't have sorrow, doesn't have tears, doesn't have death, and it doesn't have sea. Doesn't have sea. No more sea. And we learned this morning that that sea to the people of the Bible times represented great danger. It represented everything that was to be feared in life. And God said that heaven will have no more sea. And yet, this morning, we focused on the fact that we do have sea in our present world. And that's what we're dealing with right now in this new normal with the virus and the uh, sequestering of people and, and, and all the things that we've been dealing with. And so we focused on how we might handle the sea in our present life. And if you missed that program, I hope you'll go back sometime this week to our website and and uh, pick up some principles from God's Word on how to handle the sea in your life today as we anticipate a day in which there'll be no more sea. And I hope you stopped into the Simpsons house this morning and enjoyed singing some of the great hymns of the faith with the Simpsons on our Facebook page, and I hope that was a blessing to you as well. Now this evening, we want to focus on some things that will be in heaven. We want to focus on things that are true about heaven that we know and how that impacts our lives. And uh, we're going to start that off with a couple that are new to Community Baptist Church. We recently hired Ryan Colmus. He and his wife Christina and their daughter Leah will be joining us here at Community Baptist Church in just over two months. And uh, Ryan will be assistant pastor here at the church, and we are so looking forward to them being here. They're going to be a tremendous blessing to the ministry here at Community Baptist. They shared with us some thoughts, or are going to share with us some thoughts with regards to heaven, because they have a unique perspective of heaven. Uh, they found through the experience of life that heaven becomes more real and more precious as the result of some struggles that they experienced in life. So, enjoy Ryan and Christina Colmas. Hello, Pastor Elstock and CBC family. We're so glad to be part of your service from Los Angeles, California. I believe that heaven becomes more real the closer you get to it and in the bigger trials of life. Ten years ago, our twins were born four months early. Caleb was one pound seven ounces and Mia was one pound five ounces. Our son Caleb lived for seven days, and then he went to Jesus because of a colon tear. I could talk about them for a long time, the struggles we had, and sometimes we still think about. The blessings are many, if not more. You know, Pastor, I remember David speaking of his son in the Old Testament, where he says, I shall go to him, but he shall not return unto me, in 2 Samuel chapter 12. On that seventh day of Caleb's life, we held him in our arms at the moment he passed. 
And God gave us both an overwhelming peace, knowing that we would see our son again. The truth of heaven is awesome. God's blessing of Leah is awesome as well. I'm excited for you to get to know her better when we are out there in just a few short months. Thank you, Ryan and Christina. They have some unique life experiences. You know, it is the struggles in life that prepare us to be able to minister to people. Our hardships are college courses in preparing us to be usable in God's hands to be a help to people in the future. And God has prepared Ryan and Christina to be able to minister to people. And I'm excited about uh, them joining me here at Community Baptist. My wife and I are going to be having a, uh, uh, just a great time with them in ministry together. And it will only be a couple months and they'll be here with us. They have experienced some things in life that have enabled them to view heaven in a more personal way. The anticipation of heaven because of what they went through and who they have in heaven waiting for them. I remember reading years ago about a man who, uh, who lost a young son to death. And he was a church-going man, a professing Christian, but... But he, he wasn't really all that involved in the things of God. He went with his wife and family to church um, most of the time, but he hadn't bought into uh, a real vibrant life following Jesus Christ. And after his son died, uh, for a period of time, his wife noticed that in the evenings he would come home from work, he would go sit down in his uh, easy chair, and he would get out a Bible, and he would begin to read. And for about an hour every evening, he would read. Occasionally, he would pause and underline something, jot a note in the margin, write something down in his journal, and continue reading. And this went on for about an hour each evening, night after night. The wife was, his wife was, uh, was overjoyed, uh, but she was afraid to bring up the subject. She didn't want to spoil a good thing that was happening, and so she just watched that occurring for a period of time. Curiosity did eventually get the best of her, and one day when he was at work, she went and got out his Bible, and she began to thumb through it. And she found that what he was underlining were verses about heaven, and the notes he jotted in the margin of his Bible were comments about heaven and what he learned from that passage about heaven. She found the same was true in his journal. He was learning about heaven, and he was making a record of what he learned about heaven. Finally, they did talk about this situation, what the husband was going through and what he was doing. And, and his wife found out that, in fact, he was burdened to know as much as he could learn about heaven because he had somebody precious to him who was there. And that loss in his life multiplied his interest in the things of God, and particularly the subject of heaven. You know, when we know about what the Bible says about heaven, and we go through the trials and the struggles of life that we go through, the two impact one another. And the trials and the struggles of life cause us to be burdened to know more about heaven. You know, that's related to an interesting question that uh, someone asked me this week. So I, I want you to listen to a young lady. Her name is Sydney. And uh, Sydney, go ahead and, uh, 
and voice the question that you have for us this evening. Hi, Pastor. Cynthia and Monet here. We've been talking about heaven here at home, and we saved these two questions for you. This is my question. In heaven, will we recognize those we know and love here on earth? <laughs> That's, that is an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, from Sydney. Uh, will we know one another when we get to heaven? You know, that's a common question people ask when you talk about the subject of heaven. When I get there, will I know the people that I knew on earth? And, and I want to say, Sydney, yes, by all means, we will know each other in heaven. But is that just sentiment? Is that just an emotional response? Is there any reality to it? And I would argue that there is reality to that. There's evidence in the Word of God that we will know one another in heaven. Now, what would, uh, what would some of that evidence be? Let me read you a couple of verses of Scripture. Let me read a passage, a couple of verses out of John chapter 20. Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, and in his glorified, resurrected heaven body, Jesus Christ interacted with human beings who had known him while he was on earth. In John chapter 20 and in verse number 26, the Bible says that after eight days, that is eight days after his resurrection, his disciples were with him again, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Thomas saw him. He saw him, his, his body that was resurrected, his glorified body. He saw the evidences of his crucifixion, and he recognized who Jesus Christ was. We know we're going to recognize people that we knew before death here on earth. There was another story that comes from the same time frame. Jesus Christ had been risen from the grave. And there were on that day, his resurrection day, there were a couple of disciples who were on a road walking to the village of Emmaus. And as they walked along, Jesus Christ joined them. And, uh, and they walked together, and they asked Jesus Christ questions, and he asked them questions, and, and they talked as they went. But I want you to listen to a couple of verses. Verse number 16 says, Of those two men, the eyes, their eyes were holden that they should not know him. In other words, they would have known him. They would have known who he was. They would have recognized him. They knew Jesus well. But God did something to cause their eyes to not recognize him. The Bible says that, that the, their eyes were holden, so they wouldn't recognize him. Later in their conversation, at the end of the day, verse 31 says, their eyes were open and they knew him. And so the normal would have been, as soon as Jesus walked up, they would have known who he was. They knew him well. But their eyes were holden to keep them from knowing him, and then their eyes were opened so they could see and understand and know who Jesus Christ, that, who they were talking to, that, that Jesus Christ was there. 
uh, with them. You know, the Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse number, or chapter 12 and verse number 13, that, that here in this life on this earth, we look through a glass darkly. Uh, the glass was the looking glass, uh, what people used to call a mirror. And, and we look into a looking glass or a mirror, but we see darkly. We don't have full knowledge. But then the verse speaks of the difference of when we're in heaven. We now look through a glass darkly. We look at a mirror, but we don't see clearly. The old mirrors aren't like our really good mirrors today. The old mirrors were just a polished piece of metal. And so you could see, but you couldn't see real good. But in heaven, the Bible says, we will see face to face. The difference, the stark difference, will be on earth Your knowledge is a dim, imperfect knowledge. But in heaven, you'll have perfect knowledge. So we will not lose knowledge when we go to heaven, but rather we will have more knowledge and more complete knowledge when we get to heaven. Let me mention another story. Jesus Christ in his ministry was transfigured. We call it the time of transfiguration, and it occurred on a mountain, so we call the mountain the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a time when Jesus' body, his earthly body, was transfigured into his glorious body, and Moses and Elijah came down, and Jesus and Moses and Elijah were talking about Jesus Christ's ministry. Now, Jesus had taken a couple of his disciples there with him, and the Bible tells us in the story in Matthew 17 that the disciples that Jesus took with him, when they saw Moses and Elijah, they knew who they were, and they called them by name Moses and Elijah. So they knew who Moses and Elijah were in their glorified heavenly presence. Yes, Sydney, we will know one another in heaven. Our knowledge will be more complete and greater even than it is now. You know, I've always enjoyed the wit and wisdom of country people and country preachers. And uh, the old country preacher, when asked about whether we would see one another in heaven, he replied, well, do you, do you think we're going to be dumber when we're in heaven? And that pretty well puts the question to rest. We're going to be far more intelligent then than we are now. We're certainly going to recognize one another when we get to heaven. Getting to heaven, the transition from earth to heaven, that brings up a lot of questions about heaven and what it's going to be like to step into heaven. I want you to listen to one of our men. His name is Shoresh, and he shares a little bit of information about how the, the transition from earth to heaven caused him to understand more clearly what is really important in our life on earth. Enjoy this uh, testimony from Shoresh. Good evening. As COVID-19 dominates the world headlines, and with the number of deaths being reported daily, people are afraid. The world is fearful of death. It's the great unknown to them. As Christians, we see death differently. About five years ago, my mom died. As I was watching her, she took her last breath. In an instant, she was gone. It made me realize that nothing in life is more important 
and having a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As children of God, we have this amazing hope that we're going to see our loved ones once again. Because of what Christ did on the cross, He conquered death. It gives me great peace and joy knowing that my future, my eternity is secured in Christ. We serve an amazing living God. Hope is greater than fear. Heaven is far, far better place. There's no COVID there. Trust in the Lord. He will see you through. To God be glory. Thank you. Thank you, Shuresh, for sharing with us a, uh, a very important part of your life and the moment when your mom went uh, into the presence of Jesus Christ. You know, listening to Shuresh share that experience from his life, it causes me to realize that that how real heaven is to you as a person really does shape how you view things on earth in this life. Eternity really does matter. And the more confident you are of eternity, and the more in your heart and in your estimation of values on earth, the more that you value heaven, the more that shapes your life on earth and your your emotional reaction to what happens on earth. You know, the Apostle Paul had suffered a lot during his life in ministry. Uh, he suffered um, a lot of persecution, a lot of rejection. Uh, he lists in the New Testament the times that he was beaten, shipwrecked, uh, stoned. I mean, he went through a lot as he sought to serve Jesus Christ with his life. But there was something that kept him going through all of the suffering, through all of the difficult times on earth. And it had to do with his perspective of heaven. I'm going to turn over to Second Corinthians, and I want to read a, a couple of verses from Second Corinthians, where the Apostle Paul is describing how his understanding of heaven shaped his reactions and attitudes on earth. I'm reading from 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and I'm going to begin in verse number 10. Verse number 10, the Bible says that he is saying that, that he is always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Paul is talking about his attitude toward constantly being near to death under the persecution and suffering that he endured. But, but his awareness of life, eternal life, the life of Jesus Christ, and eternity with Jesus Christ shaped how he was able to handle the difficult times of suffering and persecution. Now, this passage of Scripture ends up with a remarkable statement. Listen carefully to what the Bible says in the, uh, in the conclusion of this, uh, of this uh, conversation. Verse number 16, For which cause we faint not, because of his attitude towards eternal life, uh, life with Christ forever, an awareness of heaven that shaped how he handled his attitude towards near-death experiences. He said, I don't faint. I don't give up. I don't quit. 
I don't, uh, I don't throw in the towel. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, there, there's some amazing contrasts and comparisons here. He's talked about the He's talked about the outward man and the inward man. The outward man being his body that's being beaten near to death. His inward man is his attitude, his emotions, what was important to him, how he handled it. And he said the outward persecutions, he called them light affliction. Light affliction? Have you ever been stoned? Have you ever been beaten? Have you ever spent a night in a, in a cold Roman jail after beaten to an inch of your life? He called these light afflictions. Why were they light afflictions? Well, listen. He said, we faint not, but though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. All these beatings, all of these stonings, all of this persecution and suffering, ah, it's just a light affliction. It's only going to last for a moment. But it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Light affliction, weight of glory. Just a moment, eternity. You see, the Apostle Paul was able to look at the struggles that he went through through the lens of heaven, the lens of eternity. What's a few years here on this earth compared to a few million years in heaven? And so the awareness of heaven shapes how we view what's important in our lives here on earth. As Suresh said, at the point of death, when you're imminently facing heaven, you realize that the only thing that really matters in this life is your relationship to Jesus Christ. And that relationship with Jesus Christ shapes how you view what is important and what is painful in your life on earth. Well, that, that brings up another question. We're talking about going to heaven. We're, we're talking about, um, about the experience of stepping into glory. Well, Monet... Sydney's sister, Monet had a question about heaven. This is an interesting one. So um, listen to Monet's question for a moment. Hi, Pastor. This is my question. In heaven, will we be the same age when we die? Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting question. How old am I going to be in heaven? Uh, am, am I going to be an old man? Am I going to be a, 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 a young child? Am I going to be a teenager? Am I going to be in the robust 30s and 40s of my life? When, uh, what, what, uh, what, what's heaven going to be like as far as our age? Well, that's an, that's an interesting question uh, to think about. I was thinking about this question that, uh, that Timone asked, and, and I began to wonder if it's related to the question of how old Adam and Eve were when they were created. When Adam and Eve were created by God, did God create someone who two teenagers? Did he create two people in their 20s? Did he create two 50-year-olds? I mean, how old were Adam and Eve when they were created? We, we don't know. Uh, but I wonder if 
whatever age they were when they were created was a perfect age because they were perfect, which indicates to me they probably would never have aged. So at their creation, they're at the perfect state in life. And, um, and that's the way they would have always been had they not sinned. Well, we don't know. That's what is the perfect age in life. You know, when we, were create, when, when, uh, when we came into this world, we weren't created. We came into this world as little infants. We didn't come into this world at the perfect age, whatever that might be. And we went through a time, a number of years, in which it would seem that we were improving physically. We were improving mentally. We were improving psychologically. We were improving uh, physically. And, and, and we were growing towards a perfect state as a human being. Somewhere along the line, we crested that perfect state, and we began to go downhill. Uh, the shoulders began to slump. The stature began to reduce. You know, all of a sudden you quit measuring how high you are, how tall you are, because you realize that you're not as tall as you used to be. And, and all of a sudden, places sag that never sagged before. And it's obvious that we have crested the perfect age, and we're going downhill. I wonder where that perfect age is. You know, we we would probably assume, I would assume, that some of the bad aspects of aging are the result of our fall into sin. A sinful world, a broken genetic system in our bodies, a brokenness of our physical well-being resulted in an aging process that, le- that leaves us uh, less than what we used to be. And so somewhere, um, we were at the perfect age. I wonder where that perfect age could be. Will we be the perfect age in heaven? Will we for eternity be at that perfect place of our life and existence? Well, uh, Monet, the reality is God never answers that question. Uh, we just, we just uh, wonder and, uh, and think about what it could be. But we really don't know. But if I had to guess, Monet, I would say probably for all of eternity, the perfect age will be right about eight years of age. Because, Monet, that's where you are right now. And I think you're about as close to perfection as, you, as, as we can expect you to be. And so maybe, maybe you'll be eight for all of eternity. We really just don't know. However, there is something I do know. I do know that my awareness of heaven and my knowledge of the certainty of heaven has tremendous ramifications in my life with regards to how I see myself entering heaven or not entering heaven. Ryan Colmas shared a story from his life that crystallized the, the, the reality of heaven's impact on what's most important in life. Would you take a moment to listen to Ryan one more time this evening? Hello once again. Becoming a child of God is the great experience of anyone's life. You immediately think of the relationship that you have with your Savior and the fact that your eternal destination is heaven. My mom called me one night during my, my first year of college. She let me know that she was diagnosed with colon cancer. I was devastated. You think your parents are invincible sometimes. She battled that cancer for the next six years. 
She passed in November of 2006. Those last two days of her life I will never forget. I was in her hospital room that day before, and she physically tried to get up out of bed one more time and witness to her sister Carolyn. It was impactful. She passed away just the next day. I saw her last breath. She was the most godly woman I knew. She made her sickness a ministry. She would write letters of encouragement to others going through similar trial. Her attempt to witness the day before she passed was confirmation to me that whatever you do in life, being salt and light for Jesus Christ is the most important thing. Ryan, thank you very much for those poignant thoughts. How about those of you who are watching the program this evening? What is so important about heaven that a lady on her deathbed would try to get up just to share the gospel with one more person in her life? Is heaven that important? It certainly is. And the big question is whether you personally have ever come to the place in your life where you know of your need to be certain about heaven. The Bible tells us in the book of James chapter 4 and verse 14 that our life on earth, it's, it's just a vapor. It appeareth and then it's gone. And we enter into eternity. You'll spend a moment on earth, just a brief moment of time. But then you'll spend forever in eternity. Jesus Christ in telling us about what is at the end of our lives on earth, Jesus Christ talked about, about two places that you could possibly be. You could be with God in the place He's prepared for you, and you can enjoy the presence of God and all that is true about God and good and peaceful and, and uh, of value. You can enjoy the presence of God for all of eternity in the place He's prepared. Or you can spend your eternity in the place that God prepared for Satan and for all those who follow Him in rebellion against God. And whether we spend eternity with God or without God is a huge question that we all need to give serious consideration to. Heaven and the awareness of it, the, the hope and, and confidence of it, the knowledge of what it's going to be, are powerful incentives to help you determine what's really important in life and how you view things like suffering and, and problems in life. But whether you're going to be in heaven is something that you have to wrestle with before any of the truths about heaven can be meaningful to you as an individual. Here at Community Baptist Church, we want to help you in that quest. The Bible says, and it's an invitation that God makes, He says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. God says your sin is grave. It is important in the sense that it poses a problem between you and your Creator 
a grave problem, an important problem that you have to deal with. But the good news is that God invites you to come and talk to Him about it. Reason with God. He can make your sins as great as they are. He can make them go away. He calls it forgiveness. But the reason they can go away from you is because they go onto the back of Jesus Christ and He pays the eternal debt that you owe for your sins. And then heaven can be yours. And we would love to talk to you, help you understand the beautiful gospel story of Jesus Christ and how you can have eternal life. You can call me anytime. I would be honored to spend time talking to you, even praying with you about your destiny and whether your destiny will be heaven. Well, we appreciate your taking the time this evening to uh, come and, and be with us for this evening program. Uh, this week on our church's Facebook page, I'll be sharing some different devotions from the book of Revelation about what we know about heaven. The Apostle John described what he saw, and it is a phenomenal description. And we'll be sharing those on some of our uh, Facebook devotional thoughts on our church's face, Facebook page this week. Uh, something you can do to help us reach others. Uh, if you haven't already done so, uh, would you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That will help us to make a connection with more people and to be able to share with more people the truths of God's Word. And if you've never liked our Facebook page, we would invite you to do that as well. For those of you who last week, at the end of our programming last Sunday, for those of you who liked our Facebook page and who subscribed to our YouTube channel, I want to thank you for doing that. We invite others to do so as well. So come back next week, next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, next Sunday uh, evening at 6 o'clock. We will bring you a couple of other programs during this time of, uh, of being uh, isolated to our homes and away from our gathering places on Sunday. So you guys have a, a wonderful day, wonderful evening, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Let's have a word of prayer before we go. Father, I thank you for the reality of heaven and for the truths in your word that you have disclosed to us. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me and help all of us uh, to, uh, to approach life through the lens of our assurance of heaven. And Lord, thank you for the encouragement and the strength that that uh, brings to us when we know you personally and look forward to life with you in heaven forever. We love you. We thank you for what Jesus Christ accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary. And we pray this in his name, for his honor, for his glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us for part of a Sunday service at Community Baptist Church. I hope to meet you soon. May God impress His love upon your heart this week. Just to leave.